Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. Come on. How many have been enjoying this series called Do Over? Haven't you enjoyed it? Because we can all kind of relate to it. We've all had times when we've messed up, we've blown it in our lives. And really kind of the key thought of this series is that nobody, everybody say nobody, nobody gets it right the first time. Almost every single time we blow it the first time, but we get back up and we learn. I mean, that first time you learn how to walk, you fell, but you got up and you got to do over. You got a second chance. You try it again. First time you try to ride your bike. First time you try to drive your car. In fact, last week I was telling you about my first experience experience with driving a standard. Anybody know how to drive a standard here today? Come on, raise your hand. All the old people know how to do that today. And man, I was telling you about that and I started thinking about it this week. Actually, that was not my first experience with driving a standard. As I thought about it, it went way back to actually when I was about six years old, we lived in this house that was kind of on a, on a hill kind of like this. And uh, my parents, my dad had this pickup truck. It was a 1970 something model Datsun pickup. It was green. It looked like this, you know, like that. You see, you seen a car like that before. And, and I remember it like it was yesterday. Yesterday, one day I was outside playing and we had this big tree and I'd climb the tree and I'd play out in the front yard and stuff. And I love to watch, you know, shows on TV with people driving cars and all that kind of stuff. And so about six years old, I decided to get in the car and pretend like I was driving. And I don't know what happened and exactly how it happened, but I can tell you this, that somehow the car got knocked out of gear, maybe because I moved it, you know, and it got knocked out of gear and into neutral. And I will also tell you this, if you, if you want to hear the warning today, always put the the parking brake into place, right? Because apparently the parking brake was not in place. And so the truck just started, come on, you can see what's happening. It's going down the hill. And so here I am, six years old in the car, have no idea what to do, push the brake. I don't know what to do. And so you know what I did? I bailed out. I jumped out of the car and the truck just kept going down the hill until it got to the bottom of the hill. And it actually, this is a true story, crashed into, can you believe what it crashed into? A gas meter. It was lucky that thing did not explode. And I ran into my house. I was like, Mom, 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 you'll never believe it. It was the coolest thing ever. It was like the Dukes of Hazard." <laughs> my mom was like, what? She went outside and saw that. They were wishing for a do-over on that day for sure. How many of you have ever experienced stuff like this before? Like mistakes, times when you messed up. In fact, we've been talking about that in this series. In fact, to this point, I feel like I have been very transparent with you guys. I have shared many of my mistakes and mess ups and faults throughout this entire series. So I don't want to be alone on this. So I thought I want to give you a chance to share some of your stuff. So we're going to do a little exercise. Take the next 60 seconds, turn to your neighbor and just tell them to your deepest, darkest, worst sin of your entire life. Come on, go ahead. One, two, three, go. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. I'm just, I'm just messing around. But here's the thing. We all could, couldn't we? Because we got them. We all have stuff that we're ashamed of. We all got stuff where we blew it. We messed up. But thank God today that God is a God of do-overs. How many are thankful for that? That no matter how far we have fallen, no matter how much we have messed up, that God is a God of second chances, fresh starts, that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. I think that's something we ought to give the Lord a round of applause for today. Come on, right? 
And here's what I've discovered, all right? In this series so far, we have talked about what to do after you make a mistake. What to do after you sin. How do you deal with the mess ups and how do you have a do-over and a fresh start? And that's all been good. But I really believe that there is, there is a way that many of us could avoid some of the failures. In fact, the truth is we're all going to fail. I mean, we're human. We're going to mess up. And that's just, I mean, every single one of us. But the real truth is that many of the failures of our lives, many of the sins of our life, many of the things that we're ashamed of, that we need God to give us a second chance, actually could be prevented, even avoided in our lives if we had this one secret that we're going to talk about today. See, there's really one thing that leads to all of the failures in our lives. In fact, it's point number one today. If you're taking notes, write it down. You ready for this? Number one is this. The greatest cause of failure is pride. Everybody say it with me today on the count of three. One, two, three. The greatest cause of failure is pride. Every single one of us. The reason we fail The reason we make mistakes, the reason we fall into sin, the reason we pick up bad habits, the reason we do stuff that would need God's grace, that would need fresh starts in our lives, it all comes down back to this one little thing. The greatest cause of every single one of our failures is our own personal human pride. In fact, the scripture talks about this in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18. Look what it says. Pride goes before what? Before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. The greatest cause of our failure is pride. Now, before you start to say, well, I don't have pride and I don't deal with that. And that's not really a big deal. Let me just prove to you that this is every single one of us. In fact, I got proof for you today. When you're taking a picture, maybe it's a group picture. I was informed by my daughters not too long ago that when you take it of yourself, it's called a selfie. If there are two of you, it's called an ussy. And if there are three of you, it's called a groupie. When I was a kid, a groupie was something totally different. But I'm digressing a little bit there. But how many have ever taken a group picture before? You know, you know what I'm saying? Now, here's the deal. When you see a group picture, there's more than one of you in the picture. Who is the first person that you look at? On yourself. In fact, how do you determine whether it's a good picture or not? How did I look, right? Like if I look good, no matter if everybody else looks bad, it's a good picture. Come on, hang it on the wall, you know, post it on Facebook. But if I look bad, it don't matter that everybody else looks good in the picture. That's a terrible picture. In fact, when you see a picture of yourself posted on Facebook or whatever, what do you do? Even on your phone, you get your little fingers and go like that and squeeze it so they can say, how am I looking? Come on, right? Why? And why is that? Why is that? Because we're all prideful people. Like we're all incredibly self-centered type of people. And this is actually not a new thing in the selfie generation that we live in. This is actually an age old thing that has been happening since even before the creation of man. Even before Adam and Eve were created and put into the garden. Even before this earth was even formed, pride was a problem. In fact, we see it in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 14. We see this, that Lucifer comes to God and it was actually his own pride that got him kicked out of heaven. He said, I'm going to exalt myself and I'm going to be on the same level as God. In fact, look what it says in Isaiah 14 and verse 13. You said in your heart, 
I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars. I will sit enthroned on the mount of the assembly and the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Do you see a recurring theme in this passage? What is the recurring theme? It's that one word. I. Five different times right there in just a couple of verses. He says, I, I will, I will. And here's the problem that's been the same problem that's caused failure and sin and issues since before the creation of this earth. It's always come down to this one little letter that's in the middle of this word we're talking about today. And the letter is I. In fact, you look at this passage and you see how he says, I will, I will, I will. And you contrast that to what Jesus said when he was in the garden about to give himself for us. He didn't say, I will. What did he say? Not what I will, but thy will be done. Pride, man. It's it's a big problem. A prideful spirit goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before the fall. And most of the time, the reason that we fall into sin and failure and have regrets and deal with the guilt and all the stuff we've talked about in this series, much of it could be avoided if we learned how to get rid of our pride. So I want to talk about it for a little bit. In fact, to to help us understand what this is all about, I thought we'd just kind of get a running, kind of a working definition of what pride really is. And I like what one guy said about what pride is. He says, pride is this. Pride is thinking we're hot when we're not. (laughs) I like the way my dad used to put it. He says, you think your hot's not, but you're really just cold boogers. You know what I mean? I mean... And most of us, have, have anybody ever known anybody like this before? And the truth is, like, it's easy to point at others that are like this, but... A lot of times we're like this. In fact, really a good definition of pride would really be more like this. Pride is when we think more highly of ourselves than we should. And this is what Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. He says that we should not think better than we really are of ourselves. But be honest. Everybody say honest. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. Measuring yourself by the faith that God has given us. Here's what pride is. is when I think more highly of myself than I ought. And God says, hey, don't think more highly of yourself than you should. Don't measure yourself against others. But measure yourself against God. So let's talk about like how does pride kind of play out in our lives because it's easy to spot in others, but it's difficult to see in ourselves. And so I want to show you just a couple of ways that it might play out in your life. I've showed you these before, but they're so true. I want you to see them again. The first one is this, like you might actually be dealing with some pride if you have this attitude of I'm better than you. Now, this is the most obvious one. This is the one that we see in others. We go, yeah, man, they got that. They think they're better. They think their hot's not. They think they're, they're above everyone else and they're arrogant and they look down at everyone else. And it's easy to see that in others, but many times we don't spot it in ourselves. And what are some signs that you might have this attitude of I'm better than others? Well, one sign might be if you find yourself being critical or negative. Or judgmental of others. It might be a sign that there's some pride issues happening in your heart. If you find yourself looking at others and going, they just can't do it right. Or I wouldn't have done it that way. Maybe you look at your parents and go, my parents just never can get it right. Or my boss just can't ever do it right. Or my wife can't do it right. Or the pastor can't do it right. Or the politicians can't do it right. Or the the people just can't, they can't do it right. And when you find yourself looking at everyone else with the critical 
judgmental attitude. Maybe you're looking at your social media and you're scrolling through the feed and you wouldn't say it out loud, but in your mind, you're, you're judging everyone else's decisions. Why did they wear that? Why did they go there? Why are they spending their money there? Why are they raising their kids that way? Why are they? That's not the way that I would do it. You might be dealing with an issue of pride in your heart. Pride says, I'm better than you. Another one is this, letter B, write it down. Pride works itself out in our lives with this attitude of, I can handle it by myself. I don't need nobody's help because I can do it on my own. In fact, this is how it might play out kind of in a, in a practical way in your life. If you're one of those people that have a difficult time asking others for help, like, I don't want anybody, I don't want to ask anybody to help me because I don't want to bother them and I'm going to do it all on my own and we're okay or whatever. It might be an issue of pride. If you're one of those people that have a difficult time receiving, like someone wants to bless you, someone wants to do something for you, someone wants to help you with some things, you're like, well, I don't deserve it, and it's no, and I can't do it, or, or whatever, and you know what that is sometimes? It's a false humility. It's actually, it's actually a pride. This plays itself out in the guys in the room. Come on, guys in the room that are like, man, I don't need no map, and I don't need Siri. She don't even know where she's going. I'm going to find it on my own, right? I don't need no directions. We went to Ikea. I can put it together on my own. You know what I'm saying? What is this issue of pride? And it sounds funny, but it also affects our spiritual lives. Because you know what it starts to do? It starts to make us start to live like, well, I don't really need God's help either. Like, I don't really need to go to church. I don't need to pray. I don't need to read my Bible. You start making decisions on your own without asking God what he thinks or consulting what God's word has to say. And here's what we got to watch out for. When we have pride in our heart, it leads to destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall pride i can i can handle it myself here's another one pride happens when we say it doesn't apply to me oh man this this is a big one in our in our society that we live in today a very entitled type of society that says there's no rules there's no right or no wrong i can do what i want nobody can tell me how to do it and maybe the rules apply to others but i'm somehow above the rules and it doesn't apply to me come on you see this in everyday life this is the guy who has 15 items and gets into the gets into the line that says 10 items or less come on you this is the guy who, when traffic says merge left, because there's going to be construction, says, I don't need to merge left until we get all the way to the end. Then I'm going to cut in on everybody. Right? And this is the way we live our life sometimes. In fact, it starts to play out in our spiritual walk as well. Well, you know, I know what God says, and I know what the Bible says, and what the preacher says, and what, what God says about different ways, but that doesn't really apply to me. I know everybody else should do that. You know, I know what the Bible says about sexuality and marriage and, and all that purity and all that kind of stuff, and that's good for others, but I really love him, and I just want to go ahead and move in even though we're not married, and I know what the Bible says, but that doesn't really apply to me. Or I know that, you know, I should, I should forgive that person. And, you know, Bible says that forgive just as God forgave me. And that would apply to others in lesser situations. But you don't know what they did to me. That surely doesn't apply to me. Come on, do you recognize this? Rules apply to everybody else, but not to me. And man, I'm telling you, when you start to have this attitude, guess what? You better watch out because pride leads to destruction and a haughty spirit goes before a fall. We see this in the life of David. Man, a man after God's own heart, one that God used and favored and anointed in incredible ways. And yet many of us, we know the story of how he wound up having an affair. Bathsheba gets pregnant. He has to he has to have Bathsheba's husband killed. I mean, to cover it all up. And you think, how this guy who was a man after God's own heart, how did he ever fall so far? How did he do it? All these things I can handle it on my own. 
I'm better than everybody else because I'm the king. The law and things of God, those principles don't apply to me. In fact, you go and study that scripture and and study it in in the passage. And it actually says there that in the time when kings go off to war. In other words, David was a king. He should have been off to war. But he decided, I've been to enough wars. I've earned enough that I can stay home even though all my men are out into battle. I'm going to stay where I shouldn't be. And what happened? He should have been out on the battlefield. But because he wasn't on the battlefield, because he started thinking, I'm the king, I can do do what I want. What happened? He was in a place he shouldn't have been, which caused him to see what he shouldn't have saw, which caused him to do what he shouldn't have done, which caused him to fall to a place that God never intended for him to fall. And it all started with what? It started with pride. I'm better than everybody else. I don't need no help because I can do it on my own. And the law doesn't apply to me. And it's not just David. We see this through the entire of scripture. You see it from the very beginning with Adam and Eve. Did God really say that? I mean, Come on, you see it all the way through with Samson and with Peter and with the prodigal son and with over and over and over. Pride always leads to destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. And many of you are here today and you're wondering, why do I keep falling into the same traps? Why do I keep struggling with the same sins? Why does my marriage keep going through the same stuff? We seem to get it a little better and then we fall back into the same pattern. Why is it that my business or my finances are failing? Why is it that I try to serve God and I keep falling back into the same old stuff? And every single time it comes down to this one thing, greatest cause of failure is pride. So what do we do about it? Well, that leads me to number two. Write it down. The greatest cause of failure is pride. But here's the deal. The greatest cure for pride is what? Humility. Now, I know that sounds like too easy and too simple. And yet it's true. Like if you're struggling with pride, you know what you need to do? Humble yourself. If you're struggling with this attitude of I'm better and I can do it on my own and it doesn't apply to me, you know what you need to do? Humble yourself and let God and others into your life and submit yourself to his ways. Because here's what I know. The more proud you become, the further you're going to move from God, which is going to result in your destruction. But the more you come close to God, the more you will become broken and humble on the inside. And the more you humble yourself before God, the more you will experience his favor and his work in your life. Jesus said it like this. Check this out. Luke 14 and verse 11. For everyone who, what, who exalts himself will be what? Will be humbled. But he who humbles himself will be exalted. It's backwards. It's upside down. We think I've got to put me first. I've got to exalt myself so that I can move up. And the scripture says, no, no. If you exalt yourself, guess what's going to happen? You're going to come down. You're going to be humbled. In fact, here's the truth, guys. You ready for this? You're going to be humbled whether you humble yourself or not. We see this in the story of Samson. I mean, you think about Samson, a man that God called, gave him incredible power, just supernatural strength for an incredible purpose to deliver the people of God from the, from the enemy of the, of the Philistines. And God used him in incredible ways until what happened? Until pride began to seep into his life. And how did it play out in his life? He started to think, I'm special. I'm better than everyone else because God has given me special strength. I don't need nobody else's help. I'm strong and I can handle it on my own. And the rules don't apply to me because I'm Samson. 
In fact, Samson actually even had more rules than the others. He was a Nazarite. He had taken a Nazarite vow, which meant there were three things that he wasn't supposed to do. He wasn't supposed to drink alcohol. He wasn't supposed to touch anything impure. And he wasn't supposed to cut his hair. And what did Samson do? All three of them hung out at, hung out at parties where alcohol was being served. Ate honey from a, from a lion's carcass. That's nasty. Come on. Surely unpure, right? Lays his head in the lap of Delilah so she can play with, come on, play with his hair. All the things that we see right here, we see in Samson. And where did it lead? Ultimately to his downfall. Samson was humbled. And it wasn't because he humbled himself. In fact, if you know the end of the story of Samson, he wasn't just humbled. He was humiliated. This big, strong man. But the anointing and the power of God, suddenly the anointing and the power of God is gone from his life. He's taken, he's beaten up, his eyes are gouged out, his hair is cut. He's up in front of all of the enemies of God, grinding wheat, being made fun of, ridiculed. The same man that God had called. And how did it happen? It all happened because Samson refused to humble himself. I got news for you guys. You can either humble yourself or you can wind up humiliated. Because the Bible says that we're all going to be humbled. Every one of us, every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess. So the choice is yours. And that's good news. The good news is you can have a choice today to say, I'm not going to be humiliated because I'm going to humble myself. See, here's the, and here's the deal is that the scripture tells us this. It says that God opposes the proud. Can I, can I tell you, that's the worst place. To, pride is the worst place and position that you can be. You know why? Because pride puts you in opposition to God. And guess what? If you're in opposition to God, you're going to lose every single time. <laughs> but you know what it goes on to say? That even though God opposes the proud, what does he do? He gives grace. To the humble. See, there's good news. You can decide today, I'm going to humble myself before God. I'm going to surrender myself to his ways. I'm going to come to a place where I recognize, man, I'm not any better than anyone else. The only reason that I'm anything is because God has made me what I am. And I'm going to realize that I can't do it on my own. I need God's help. And I'm going to humble myself, surrendering myself completely to his ways. And when I humble myself, here's what happens. I spare myself from being humiliated. Here's how you avoid failure. You humble yourself under God's mighty hand. And in due season, the Bible says he will raise you up. See, this is the cool thing about humility is that humility not only keeps us from failure, it actually puts us in God's favor. Come on. I don't think y'all just got that. Tweet that out. That was good. Humility doesn't just keep you from failure. It puts you in position to receive God's favor on your life. So, Pastor, how do I, like, how do I live a life of humility when I'm living in a world that's full of selfies, that's full of selfishness, that's full of pride, that's full of me-centric, I-centric type of a life? How do I do it? Well, two things. Let me help you out. Number one is simply this. I'm going to have to consider the source. Everybody say, consider the source. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to live my life in a way that I consider where everything came from. God is the source. And everything that I have, it came from him. I am nothing without him. You are nothing without him. And anything that you have that you might want to be proud about, you don't have it because you're great. You have it because he's great. If I'm proud because of how smart I am, 
Guess what? Who was it that gave me the intellect? Who was it that gave me the brain? The Bible says anyway that Proverbs, in Proverbs 9 that all wisdom comes from the fear of the Lord, that it all comes from him. If I'm proud about how successful that I am, who was it that gave you the ability to be successful? It was him that had plans to prosper you and to give you blessings upon your life. If I'm, if I'm proud about how wealthy I am, guess what? Who was it that gave me the ability to create the wealth? The Bible says it in Deuteronomy 8 and verse 18, that it is God who gives us that ability. If I'm proud about how good looking I am, who was it that gave me these charm and these handsome good looks today? It was him. Y'all shouldn't laugh so hard on that. Make me feel bad. It was him. Bible says I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So anything that I have to be proud about didn't come from me. It didn't come from how great I am. It came from how great he is. In fact, this is what James says about it in James chapter 1 and verse 7. Every good and perfect gift comes what? Comes from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. If I have a gift, it is simply that, a gift. I have it because it was given to me. That's the nature of a gift. It's not something that you earn. That would be a reward. Every gift comes down from, from above, from the Father of heaven. Everything that I have to be proud of, I don't have it because I'm great or I earned it or I did something that was so great to experience or to have it. I have it because God gave it to me. It came from him. And when I begin to recognize this, it begins to bring me to a place of humility. Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 7. It says, for who makes you different from anyone else? And what do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, then why do you boast as if you did not? In other words, anything you have, like if you're better than someone else in some area of your life, the reason you have that is because God put that in your life. Not so you could boast in how great you are or what you have or what you can do. No, so that instead of being prideful, here's what you're going to do. You're going to be thankful. When I recognize that everything I had came from God, You know what it does? It gets rid of the pride. And instead what it does is it puts a gratitude in my heart. Thank you, God, that you blessed me so much, that you gave me so much. It all comes from you. And when you really get down to it, the direct opposite of pride is not actually humility. You know what the direct opposite of pride is? Gratitude. It's recognizing Anything I got came from him. And so I'm grateful. And when you get that heart, guess what that gratitude does? It leads you to a heart of humility. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to consider the source. Everybody say consider the source. Number two, what am I going to do? I'm going to change my focus. See, guess what, guys? It's hard to focus on me when I'm putting the focus on others. It's hard to focus on me when I'm putting the focus on my wife. It's hard to put the focus on me when I'm putting my kids first. It's hard to put myself first when I'm putting my neighbors first or my church first or the people in my life first. And so here's what I'm going to do. If I'm dealing with pride, here's what I got to do. I got to take my eyes off me and I got to put my eyes on others. I got to change my focus. In fact, this is what Paul was talking about in Philippians 2 and verse 3. He says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Isn't that something happening in our world today? Let's just take a picture so we can get likes and we'll impress everyone. Paul says, don't try to impress others, but be what? Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourself. He says, be humble. Here's how you do it. Think of others as better than yourself. 
Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. That you must have the same, what? The same attitude that Christ Jesus had. That though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his design privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. He appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Here's the example of what it means to live in humility. You look at the example of Christ. He could have said, I am better than everyone else. I'm God. I don't need nobody's help because I created it. I can do it. There is nothing that is impossible to me. And you, there's no rules or no guidelines. I can do what I want because I am God. But that's not the attitude that he took. His attitude was to say, it ain't about me. It's about others. And I could sit up here in heaven and be God, but instead I've decided to humble myself and come down to this earth and give up my life to sacrifice and serve others in the ultimate act of humility. Guys, the greatest way to get rid of pride in our life is to humble ourselves and serve others. In fact, I love the way Rick Warren says it. And I, I heard it years ago. I, I never forget it because it's so powerful. He says, here's what humility is really all about. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Think about that. Some of us think, well, he's talking about humility. That means, oh, I'm nobody. I'm no good. I'm nothing. No, no, no. You are a son or a daughter of Christ. God made you. And you are, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm not talking about, oh, I'm nobody. I'm nothing. No. I'm talking about saying, hey, yes, God has made me. And I have gifts that he's given me. But he gave me those gifts to serve others. And so instead of thinking about myself and trying to get the credit for myself and build myself up, what I'm going to do is I'm going to lower myself and I'm going to raise others up. I'm going to put my focus on others. I'm telling you, it'll change everything. Because here's what will happen. When you decide, man, I'm going to lay down my pride. I'm going to humble myself. Not only will you avoid the failures in life, and I believe you can avoid so many failures by just humbling yourself, but not just that. You can experience God's favor in your life. Some of you say, I don't, how do I do that? I don't know what to do. Man, I've messed it up. Here's what you do. You just start today. You repent. You turn towards God and you say, God, I know I'm not enough. I've tried to do it on my own. I've tried to make it on my own, but I can't. In fact, this is what Peter says about in 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourself under God's mighty hand and he will lift you up in your season. 